What's up, faders? Welcome to yet another action-packed episode of Got Fitted Japan. I'm your host, Johnny. And I'm Tom Tom Tokyo. That's right, eight time. What episode is this? 394. 394. And I checked, I'm sure. <laughs> you checked, you're sure. I'm you're like sure. the Blues Brothers. All right. And I'm from uh, Chicago. Kinda. Kinda. All right, faders. Uh, in Got Fitted Japan, it's about two dudes, booze, Japan, and the news. And we're we're not gonna we're gonna cut all the bullshit out of the intro, and we're gonna go straight to the POW because we've got a couple of special guests today. We're in a special location today. Uh, Tom, where are we? Jesus, Christ, where where are we? Gamuso, who I believe is one of our sponsors. That's why all the the beers are free. Yeah, exactly. You gotta fucking cash in on the sponsorship, right? Definitely. 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 That and give him a shout out and support him a little bit as well. Awesome, awesome, yeah. awesome. And we're here with a past amazing guest and then a new amazing guest. Who, who, do we, who do we got here? Hi everyone, it's Taylor. You may know me as Tatiana, Tokyo's terribly transgressive transvestite. Yay! Yay. And, first timer, and uh, my name is Kevin Prince. I do uh, all the big concerts. As what? In what regard? What is your role? Yeah, because everybody thinks you're a dancer. Are you, are you shaking your booty on stage, or what's going on here? <laughs> well, I work with a lot of uh, different artists. Scales can range from uh, the Grammys all the way to just uh, B-list artists. Damn, so that's the uh, Grammys. That sounds uh, rather impressive on a resume. Okay, we're moving the mic towards Kevin. It, it could be. It could be impressive, but could uh, be. Yeah, it could, could be. be. It could be. No, not automatically. Gra- Grammys does not uh, automatically qualify you for awesomeness. Yeah, but my life has always been the stage. So okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Awesome. We'll, we'll get right into that as soon as we get into something else. We got a POW. Yes, the POW. Taylor, you are the one with the book. Cavalry. So please tell us Use about big this. Words. Yes, I know. Use your action-packed words. What do we have here today? We have a beer called the Black Raven, and the animal on t- on the front. Can you guess? Bird. It's a raven. It's a parrot. And it's black. No. Yes, it has a, Is it a polar bear. <laughs> it could be a very small uh, uh, polar bear. Uh, her name is Coco Jones, which sounds like a drag queen black exploitation film. <laughs> and uh, Only you it's got would come up with that. Very beautiful brownish too, chocolate yeah. color. <laughs> and yeah, just standing there defiantly on its little uh, withered branch, like it's outside of an old lady's home as she's trying to lure children in with candy. And then when they're in their house, she's gonna nobble up the children. Do you think uh, Ms. Coco Jones is a pirate? She's got that defiant pirate look to her. Mm-hmm. Maybe she's, she's a, a pirate, pirate drag queen black exploitation film. <laughs> Damn. I bet that's, she's that's, a, pi- that's a lot fucking packed into one sentence, a lot of description. Genre defining. Genre defining. I'm sure she's got an eye patch. Mm-hmm. Hey man, I gotta be honest. Like, I give I, if anyone can do that, I give them props because that's fucking originality. Because how many more of the uh, eye patches? Out there running, uh, no, I'm, I'm talking like, what was it, like a black exploitation, like pirate, fucking drag queen, like, I don't know, what, what else were you adding in there? That's just like... Eye patch. Eye patch. And an eye patch. Don't forget the eye patch. And a fucking crow, who's maybe, maybe a polar bear. Awesome. And it comes in a can. What percentage alcohol... What percentage of alcohol... So we faders, we've been drinking for a while, actually. Yeah, uh, pre-game. <laughs> pre-game. There's no way we ever do this show sober. No, but uh, today is uh, exceptional. Um... What percentage is this? It's a uh, 5.6. Oh, that's not too bad. It's, like, it's actually not that bad, especially beer. for a porter. It's beer. Yeah. It's beer. <laughs> it's beer. Beer. Beer me. Beer. This is so dark. Yeah. It's a fucking porter, dude. Looks like coffee almost. Yeah. It, it does. does. It does have a coffee look to it. Okay. Yeah, let's try this out. It smells like... What does it smell like? What do you guys think? It smells like Guinness. 
You think so? No way, dude. That's way too sweet. Well, it is a porter. It smells like root beer, kind of, doesn't it? Mm. What do you guys think? I think it was sweetness. It smells mostly sweet. What is this? It's like soy sauce. Soy sauce? <laughs> oh, you already sipped it? Oh, shit. Alright, guys, cheers. Come on. Come on. Oh, shit. Yeah, soy sauce. It's soy sauce. Chocolatey, chocolatey soy sauce. Can you get some rice with my beer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm. Oh, man. Who makes, who makes soy sauce beer? The Black Raven does. I actually kind of like it. Tom always likes to be. Tom, have you ever not be a liked a beer? Rebel. It's advertised uh, as coconut. Yeah, yes. Every time I'm over at your house and you offer me a Budweiser, I can't stand that shit. I've never offered you a Budweiser. Budweiser is my hangover beer. When I'm hungover, I need something with water. I mean, I won't fucking touch it. Mm. But it's true. I do drink Budweiser. Uh, I, I, okay, I agree. It does have a little bit of a soy sauce. I'm spilling already. Jesus. Uh, over my work, right, that's right. enough more for me. I'm, I'm going back to the regulars. Yeah, good idea. It's chocolatey too. Oh. Chocolatey, coconutty, bit of I'm, soy sauce. I'm sorry, but <laughs> well, I'll I, I think this I'll doesn't blend well with team. me. Wait, wait, is this you get coconut? Taylor, what do you think? Coconut? I'm not getting any coconut from this. It says it on the uh, on the package, but I don't taste any coconut. But didn't Pee Wee recommend this for us? Because it's it, unique. No, because no. I think it works well with the foreigners. I, th I, I think it's for the foreigners, but for me, I'm Asian, ah. so I, mm -hmm. it doesn't really blend well with me. I think it's good for tourists. If you're only tourists, in Japan a couple yeah. of weeks and you're like, oh, yeah. let's have something yeah, strange. We totally drink this like every day, man. Somebody the must. Out there. Wait, where's this from? What was the Washington. brewery? Washington. They usually have pretty good beer. Is it Washington? Yeah. yeah it's it? got to be Portland, huh? Huh. Yeah, it does. I don't know. Wait, what Taylor, you, you're from that area. You want to you enlighten us? You ever heard of this? Uh, yeah, Pacific Northwest. We have lots of small breweries and stuff, but you have... Yeah, I get the chocolate Redmond, now. Washington. But, you know, speaking of Washington, it's like I'm curious as if you actually go to Washington, can you say, can I have an Asahi or can I have, you know, Kirin beer? And would that actually come out? You know, do they actually serve that? It's probably twice the price. Do they, Taylor? It's exotic. Do they? Yeah, I'm sure they have a lot of imported beer. We import a lot from Japan and yeah. Oregon and Washington. Uh -huh. Sushi restaurants, man. Yeah. Or oh, ramen restaurants now. Ramen's big exactly. in the West. Yeah. As it should be, man. The fucking ramen they eat over here is fucking fantastic. That's true. And it's cheap, too, and it'll fill you up. Over there, it's expensive. New York uh, is like 40 yeah. well, How much do you think it is in New York? Well, well like 30 bucks, 20 bucks oh, for a bowl of ramen? Down. We oh, have a $10 ramen shop back in my hometown. Is all it right. good? It's all right. Holy crap, yeah. because in, in Japan, it's, it's five bucks. It's one coin. <laughs> yeah, you can yeah, get yeah. good ramen for one coin now. Really? Yeah, well, right. An actual, an actual, well, standardized ramen and stuff. Yeah, but that's true. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. There was like, uh, I was, I guess, it was a while ago. But there's a girl that I was living with. Like, they had a, we had a ramen shop around the corner. It was 500 yen for like really good ramen. Yeah. It was, it was like famous for being like a good, like cheap ramen. The fucking aesthetics of the place. And you had proper chairs. It was just like crates stacked up. <laughs> and it was cheap as fuck, but it was good ramen. Yeah, they have a lot of those places. Yeah. Even at my station. Hey, man, I was cool with that. It was like the, the atmosphere was kind of fucking rustic. You know, nice fucking blue collar feeling. It was a good ramen, so. Well, actually, the best ramen is like the older places that have been around for a while. Yeah. And all these new places, they got like the general kind of uh, taste. I, I see what you're saying. They're, they're like old, they've been in the family for generations. They've withstood the test of time. Yeah, and they own the land. All right, how are we going to gauge this? I'm going to give it a thumb and a chub. Well, you have two thumbs. Two thumbs? Mm. 
I give it um, 75% of a, of a mangina. Mangina. Okay, that's a thumb and a chub. <laughs> All right, so we've got, uh, all right, Tom, explain the uh, grading for our beer. Okay, we got uh, a chub, one thumb, thumb and a chub, two thumbs, two thumbs and a chub, and two thumbs up and a dick in the air is our highest rating. Yeah, from zero to 100. Yeah, so like, yeah, and again, we, we could downvote, but I don't, I don't think we really do that, though, for alcohol. You can't I mean, downvote alcohol. I mean, it'll get you drunk. I'll give a, I'll give a three. Uh, one out of five, I'll give a three because at least the three has the alcohol in the alcohol ID. Okay, so like okay, basically like a thumb, a thumb and a chub, chub right? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, that's about right. Yeah, so like, yeah, like two thumbs up and a dick in the air. You could, you, you could drink this all night and not complain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, you know, I if I was at a bar and I had one of these, I'd drink half of it and I'd probably get an IPA after this. Mm. Oh. I'd be like, I'm like, oh, I don't want to drink all well, of would it. Would you not get an IPA, Johnny? You're like fucking hooked on those. Well, IPAs That's are pretty good. Me. Yeah, they are pretty good. They are pretty good. All right. Well, Kevin, happy birthday to you. Thank you. Happy birthday, and thank you for being on the show. This guy, he just turned, well, how old did you turn? 30? 33, the magic 33. 33? Jesus. 33. Is that lucky in, like, Chinese numerology or something? Well, I think, according to, well, if you're religious, <laughs> then the 33 is supposed to be your what we call the Jesus Jesus? Jesus? The Jesus age, right? Oh, really? Oh, the, the, the I researched died. it. Oh, Because okay. he died at 33. Ah. But, well, if you're religious, you might know something, or maybe if you're into, how do you say, uh, like, maybe astrology oh. and stuff like that, also, then you might know a thing or two about Also, like, the Holy Trinity, because it's 3-3. Three, three. Exactly. Yeah, it's 3-3. Three, 3-3 three. Three, three and 6. Yeah. So... So I just turned 33, but when I was researching what is supposed to be 33, it's supposed to be the year that you're supposed to get shit done. Really? It's it's the year that you get stuff done. Nobody told me that when I was 33. Yeah, I was going to say, boy, did I fucking drop the ball on that one. Yeah, yeah, you're in jail, yeah. dude. <laughs> the only thing I was getting getting done at 33 was getting drunk. <laughs> that was about it. So what else is new? Uh, I, guess, uh, I, think, I guess things haven't changed a lot. Tell how old are you? Uh... That, uh, it's a medical mystery. It's a medical <laughs> mystery. You never ask a lady her age. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. Right. Oh, man, so 33. Okay, well, what do you want to do this year? And then tell us what you've done. Because you've done a lot of amazing shit. Well, my probably my primary goal is to finally finish finalizing uh, my own company. Uh, up until this it's time. Good thing to do, I guess. Yeah, up until this time. When we said get shit done, like, that's... that's Ballsy, bold, and right in the right direction. Yeah, right? that's very, yeah. very ballsy. Yeah. And then in Japan, when you're registering a company, actually, you know, making it a company, that is very, very like you have to keep everything very, very straightforward, because you're becoming a company of a president, and when you're a company of a president, that's a big responsibility. Typically. Yeah, in Japan we, we, we would hope. It, yeah, we call they call it daihyo. Mm. Daihyo means like you are the face of that company, mm. but. I've had very, very uh, good people surrounding me, at least very, very good, close uh, work partners. Mm -hmm. And for me, I think I've been with them ever since, you know, I've, I've started off as an artist. I've, uh, I've been in a rock band. That's, like, that's exactly how I started off at, in, this, in this business. Mm -hmm. In a rock band? Yeah. I started, off as a, I started off as a metal player, speed metal player. That, I was really into that. But... This is the interesting thing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> now, now, now we're going to get into the good stuff. So I was really into, like, Ingwe Malmsteen, like Steve Vai. You know? Steve Vai? That, that's, 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 that's the kind of stuff that I was, like, you know, really into. Yeah. Speed play. And uh, 
improvisation. Mm-hmm. However, I I think this is this is this you might find it a bit strange, but the person that actually got me into the music, like actually wanting to be motivated to become a professional, was actually Avril Lavigne. Okay. Avril Lavigne. And she's pop rock, right? Yeah, she's very pop rock. Very I was 17 at that time. He- heavy emphasis on the pop part of it. Yeah, there 17, you go. 17, that yeah. makes about sense. She's hot, you're horny, you know. Well, you could say it upon that sense, <laughs> but I think she was really my type, though. Well, yeah, I think she's pretty much most people's type. Yeah, because on... on, on yes, because uh, Avril Lavigne... She is what we call classified now, probably is what we call an emo chick. Ah, okay. The yeah. emo chicks, okay. right? You know, they're. Is that what you wanted when you were 17? Well, Ooh, some did emo. Now, this was the interesting time. It was the 90s. And before that, it was all NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, you know, Justin Timberlake. Yes, uh, boys to men type horrible, of music, right? Hor- yeah, it was a horrible, you know, emotionally scarring era for everyone. And then for the edgy and for the edgy stuff, what we what what, what do we have? We have rap. We have Tupac. We have uh, Snoop Dogg. Mm-hmm. D- depends on what side of the coin. I mean, like you know, you know, you had your fucking Pearl Jam and Nirvana, obviously. Yeah, and those were those the eighties. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's still talking about the nineties, though. Like, no, yeah. but Nirvana, was, like Kurt Cobain, killed himself in ninety-five. Yeah, yeah, I know. But yeah. I'm, saying, I'm saying, but it's still the nineties, and like, how do you say? Even after he offed himself, like, obviously he he made an impact. Yeah, I guess it's true. Yeah. However, during that time, it was the boom of like Britney Spears. There was uh, Christina Aguilera around, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of this ballady stuff was probably Mariah Carey and Celine Dion. You got. Uh... However, during that time, there was like the it was again you know music goes through cycles, uh-huh. and so the cycle the next cycle was was it was going from that is the image of pop music. To becoming more punk, mm-hmm. and during that time, all the 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 people that dominated the punk the mm-hmm. punk era was all like, uh, you know, like there was uh, no effects and uh, Pennywise and exactly yeah you know I mean uh, Green Day Green Day yeah uh, there was like and then for the lighter stuff like Blink One Eighty Two okay Blink there was 80. Life House yeah. And there was SR seventy one. There was all all of these, but they're all majority boy bands. Mm-hmm. And so when Avril Lavigne came, she sort of like challenged that era. Mm-hmm. And for me, at that perfect time, at that moment, in seventeen years old, mm-hmm. I was a gang kid. I was a bad boy. Yeah, I was wait, getting wait, in trouble. Tell you, us more. Were you like? Where were you living? I was actually living in uh, Setagaya at the time. So you're in Tokyo. Tokyo. Oh shit. Okay. And me and this uh, foreigner friend I had, really, really close, we hung out, we did all, everything together. And during that time, it's like, um, well, we did a bunch of bad shit, and then we got arrested. You know, something that I think it was my fault, I pulled him into that, you know, and then I was sort of like a gang kid. And I said, I had to, like, change my life at the time. Mm-hmm. And... One of the big things that I was passionate about was music. And so during that time, Avril Lavigne, she came out with her first, uh, the first album that mm-hmm. came out. It was called Let Go. And so that had a huge impact on my life. All the music was inspirational. It was edgy. It was bright. And I just fell in love with that album. And so from there, I said, I want to become a professional. I want to devote myself to music. And so from there, I loved heavy metal. 
But Avril Lavigne was my inspiration. She was your muse. Av- she was my muse. Avril Lavigne inspired you to play speed metal. That's an no, interesting career. That is an interesting concept, right? You cannot grasp that. It's, it's, it's a rather interesting career trajectory. Yeah, you know, she's singing her fucking kind of poppy yes, ballads and like, yeah, you know that. what? I just want to play fucking speed metal. Fuck it. Yeah, because counterculture. Fuck the system. Fuck the man. Yeah, because I, I was studying, you know, because I wanted to be good. So I was studying, you know, classical. Uh huh. And I was, you know, and uh, Ingrid Malmsteen, you know, the speed Steve Vai. Yeah, Stevie Vai. So I wouldn't really want to be good. Uh huh. I just really wanted to be good. So I actually studied properly music theory, but my muse was Avril Lavigne, which is. <laughs> very light, you know, it's pop rock, it's anthemic music. And so, that was like, really just the big turning point. And from there, I just kept studying and studying. I wanted to study more, I wanted to learn how to record, I bought my own, you know, computer. It was a shit laptop I had, and I learned how to make it record, and I started, you know, practicing, and I just kept wanting to learn more and more and more after that. And then, by the time I was uh, 19 years old, mm-hmm. I got my first job I was, as a salesman. I was selling electric guitars in, a bit, in a, one of the most famous uh, uh, chain uh, instrument stores can, in can Japan. You, can you name it? Yeah, I can name it. It's actually a Shimamura Gakki. Okay. Is that the one in Shibuya? Well, they're everywhere in Japan. Yeah, but they got that really badass one, like right, right down, like uh, whatever. Right, right near Dogenzaka, yeah, yeah, right, right, right in the main drag. Yeah, it's, they it's got some pretty. They got, I don't even play guitar, but they got some epic looking stuff. Yeah, in they there. they got they got they got stores everywhere in Japan. Mm-hmm. So it's like Guitar Center. Mm. Yeah, it's like a, it's like Guitar Center. It's like Harmony Central. Mm-hmm. And so I started working there, and I was just part time, and I was a salesman. And from there. Since I was studying to actually, I started uh, studying courses from Berkeley Music College mm-hmm. because I, you know, that's where all the top people go to study, or if you're serious about doing music. Mm-hmm. And I was learning everything, all these techniques from all of these great producers, who produced Christina Aguilera, all the way to uh, uh, the, the famous rap artists, mm-hmm. uh, and all of their curriculums. What I did was I just. I just wanted to know everything because I wanted to be a real professional. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to learn how to record. So I was learning how to do all these techniques in professional studios, but I did not have a professional studio at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because those cost money. Yeah, it's not like yeah. you have a million dollar console lying around in your bedroom, right? Wait, wait, but you just said it. you're like, you're some college kid who's like part-time working at a, like a, how do you say, get, you know, at a guitar store, being a salesman, like, you know, but you got a dream. That's the yeah, most important that, part, right? Yeah, that was right? my dream. I, my dream was yeah. to actually become famous. Yeah. And so, in order to become famous, I had to study hard. Mm-hmm. And it's not because of what somebody told me, it's what I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to be the best mm-hmm. in what I, could, what I wanted to do. But at that time, it's like, I, w- I, I didn't have any, you know, connections. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any connections with labels. I didn't have connections with studios. So I was learning all these techniques to work in that environment. So I started calling up different studios. And during that time, there was two options. I, I two places that said yes. There was Sony Music Entertainment. That's a big one. That's a big one. It's kind of a big deal. That's an Azabu. And then there was another uh, production studio that also, again, had a million dollar, you know, multi million dollar studio. 
near where I was living. Mm-hmm. And during that time is at that moment somebody who was actually going to the studio met me at the at the store. Mm-hmm. And I was I was actually uh, teaching him different things that, and I was like, Oh here this is how you record, this is how you do this and he's and I was like, Well, I, I know how to use all of that stuff and he's like, Really? Wow. By the way, there is a professional studio in this area, and why don't you come and uh, visit? And I was like, well, snap, you know? Yeah, I've got, got the, the golden fu- tick. Yeah. The and, so, up. and so he told me the name of the studio, and then I researched online, and I got the number, and I called up that studio. And I called the studio, and I said, hello, I'm such and such. I'm studying uh, at Berkeley Music College. And I'm also looking for a studio, I'm, and uh, I'm studying how to uh, work in that environment. And I wanted to just, you know, just I just wanted to see the studio. I wanted to see all the expensive equipment because the I was because who wouldn't? It'd be like a kid in a candy store. Exactly. That's that's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, "Well, why don't you just come over? And uh, why don't you just come over and, you know, uh, in Japanese we call it just asobi ni kite. Asobi ni kite is like... Come over and hang out. Yeah, yeah, come over and hang out. And so I was like, oh, cool. So I walked all the way to the studio. And then at that point I was like, you know, I went into the studio and I saw everything. And I was like, wow. Wow. You know, you got in-wall monitors, you know, built, you know, the proper sound rooms. Everything is properly built. It's mm-hmm. a Hollywood studio. Mm. That's the kind of great it was. Mm. I've got the golden ticket. And from there, I just, uh, I, I had my demo on me. And dur- this was during the age of... Uh, MDs, yeah. mini discs, right? They're these little discs. Oh, I remember. They don't that. have yeah, them we, 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 no. we all remember that, dude. We're all old enough to remember. Yeah. That so shit. it was this. This was cause this was like twelve years ago, right? Mm-hmm. And so I brought my mini disc, and this is my demos of the songs that I wrote and I recorded and produced myself. Cool. They were they they weren't like perfect, but it's so I let I let the uh, studio manager listen to it, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Wow, you you actually wrote these songs." <laughs> he's like, I did it on a garage band. Yeah. And he's like, well, by the way, we're, we're, we're actually trying to put together a professional band to, you know, actually debut in the future. Mm. And he says, why don't you be the front man of that band? Sweet. Front and then from man? there, boom, I got, I got access right into a uh, professional studio. I could use that place anytime I want to. So, Faders, work hard and your dreams can come true. Yeah, that's well, not, not only started. that, man, just, like, fucking do what he did. Like, network, ask around, start talking to people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that like, you know, all it takes is one good connection, man, and you're fucking in. That's awesome. So it's, 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 it's obviously a nice break for you, right? Yeah, it was my first break because a person is if you want to, if you're a band and you actually want to record in that studio, you're going to have to drop like, you know, uh, a grand to two grand, you know, a day for lockout, right? Mm. Yeah. That's how much it costs, you know, to use. They're not cheap. No, not at all. Uh, yeah, but that company was like, okay, you know, um, they took me in. That's awesome, man. That's pretty dope. Yeah. So what happened from there? So now you're, I mean, now you're like the lead guy. You're, you're taking over and stuff. I mean... From there, what's next? Actually, what happened? This is this is really in the past. Is that, well, we were uh, building a band, and during that time, I think we're, our name was called the Wasted because we we're gonna 
we had two girls. The we wasted. had a really kid. Yeah, the wasted. The wasted. We I like mean, this. This has got faded Japan. We like totally getting in. wasted. That was like the name of our band. We are four That's piece band. We are four piece band. We had a uh, a girl drummer who was really good. She was like a hostess though. Yeah. But she, yeah, gotta pay those bills. Yeah, she's good looking, but she, man, she was really good on the drums. Yes. Yeah. Very very tight. She could read music and everything. Yeah. So when she's not hostessing, she was practicing at the studio. Mm, okay. And then I recruited um, one of my friends who was gonna be the vocalist, half American, half Japanese girl. Mm-hmm. And then we had a Japanese uh, bassist. Mm-hmm. But. After two years, I think um, the bassist and the drummer, they sort of gave up. Uh, and then our band didn't really work out after two years. Uh, uh, happens. My friend, the vocalist, she went back to the States. She's now doing a nurse. Really? She's doing a nurse? She's, She's doing, doing a nurse? <laughs> Jeez. Oh, sorry, I sorry, did sorry, sorry, sorry. I like doing nurses. I did a nurse once. Yeah, me too. She, she's a nurse. Oh, okay, wrong. She's Damn. a nurse now. Ruin all my nurse fantasies because so, those costumes are sexy. Oh, buddy, this conversation sucks. Yeah. <laughs> so she's completely out of the music scene. Mm-hmm. But since I was the person you know when you're 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 in berkeley they teach you how how do you last in music like mm-hmm. if something doesn't work out you at least have a backup of what you could go to mm-hmm. look at ozzy Osbourne. Yeah. yeah yeah so during that time i think i was disappointed and well, i was by myself and i kind of you know quit music for a time being jesus yeah i went on it, to, it hit you that hard yeah, I went on to do uh, bartending. I I liked alcohol a lot, so I was studying how to be a bartender. Welcome to Gafiri Japan, my friend. Yeah, friends. and I was I was doing bartending at a a club in Roppongi. <laughs> okay. I got a job there. Yeah, you know you know you kind of hit bottom if you're bartending at Roppongi. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah I was bartending at Roppongi. Like, the dream is gone. Yeah. Yeah, and then after two it's like years. Back in my day, I used to have access to this multi-million-dollar studio. We used to play all these big gigs and we didn't make it. God damn it. Fucking polishing a glass and you just fucking break one. Ah, what was I saying? Oh, fuck it. Yeah, break another. Yeah, break another. Who cares? Yeah. And we'll just, just buy like, ten more. And, you know, the cust- you know, this is like a line of customers just like, dude, we just want a fucking martini. Come on. Okay, so now you're in Rapongi. Yeah, so now I'm in Rapongi. Drowning. And now we're drowning in the nightlife. Mm-hmm. Money is fine. You know, money is fine. You're playing that game. Yeah. After two years, I became the manager of that nightclub. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, snap. Yeah, became the manager, but then... Can you name the club? Or would you rather... It's non-existent. You'd rather... Okay, I'd rather for reasons, not. For reasons, you'd rather not. Okay, okay. I see, where, not I see where, the, yeah, I see where this is going. It's Roppongi. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I knew everybody in Roppongi, all the nightclubs, all of the strip joints... Girls, all in that, and it's it's pretty much just that fast life, the the nightlife, right? Yeah, it's where you know money comes in fast. You could spend it, and, you know, it's just party night. But then and it goes away fast too. Yeah, it goes away fast too. It was it was, I felt very empty, like it was dead end. Rapongi is a dead end. Technically. Yeah, it's a fucking dead end, man. Yeah, that's that's rock bottom. Yeah, it, it's just that. It's just the drinking game, right? Yeah. <laughs> Not the fun drinking game either. Yeah, so during that time, it's like after a year of being a manager of that club, I was like, you know, fuck this, you know? It wasn't really about do you can you make money or not. It was just about, again, you know, you're just so empty. Mm. You know, chicks come and go. Mm-hmm. 
girlfriends come and go. She's your girlfriend for a month, then she's not. And then who cares? Yeah, you, know, you break up with her, she breaks up with you. It's kind of like, eh, you know, whatever. Easy come, easy go. Exactly. So you, don't, you don't give a fuck. Exactly. And, you, know, you know, maybe like, you know, a month after that, another one comes and goes, wait, did I break up with her? Or did she break up with me? Doesn't matter. Yeah, so, so after that, uh, I started working in a different company. And during that time, that company was a Japanese company in Japan. And they were doing life coaching. Oh, really? So they were very much oh. into the seminar sort of business. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask really quick. Did they have kind of that weird culty vibe? A lot of those life coaches. Is, is new this, age, right? Yeah, new, new age. New age, yeah, right? You have the power to turn your life around. Yeah. Well. Look in the mirror. What do you see? Yeah. Well, during that time. Uh, the life coaching is, of course, they always approach it as business seminars, right? Mm. They usually have that approach, but there's always an underlying undertone, which is very new agey sort of religious, mm. right? Mm. And this. Oh, so what was it called? It's not a cult, but uh, even though they don't say it's a cult, it's a cult. It's a cult. It still kind of has that vibe. Same with Scientology, right? Same with everything. Yeah. Dude, how is Scientology not a fucking cult? Well, no, technically, on paper, it is religion. No. But technically, technically, yeah. technically. I'm, I'm sure a lot of these cults are actually registered as quote unquote. I'm using big air quotes here. Religious organizations or a faith group or whatever you fuck they you know use terms for. Okay, so you joined one. No, I didn't join one. It was a company. Uh, you, oh, you didn't yeah. drink the Kool Aid? That's good. Actually, it's it was flavoring. a company. Yeah, flavor aid. So, but just to just to keep it on more like the businessy side. Yeah. It, the company was actually uh, connected to the company who would also is probably one of the world's life life top life coaches. Probably people recognize this name. It's uh, Anthony Robbins. Oh, Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins. There I you go. Have no idea. Tony fucking Robbins. You don't know Tony Robbins? You haven't seen the documentary? Nope. I think he's got a restaurant. Unleash nope. the power within. Nope. I, I, I really don't go in for this fucking bullshit because I'm sorry. Big emphasis. It is fucking bullshit. He looks bullshit. just like you. Really? Well, yeah. I fucking tune it out. My well, then my e evil doppelganger's been running around committing crimes in my name. Oh, there you he go, fucking man. stole my ideas. I mean, you could have been rich if you followed your heart, Tom. Yeah. So during that time, it was like, okay, it, it, the good part that how it affected me was at least they'll be like, well, why don't you try to change your life? Mm -hmm. And so... Why not joining a cult? So what was my responsibility in that company was I was doing all of the production. So when it comes to video cutting, doing working with the graphics, working with the sound, so I was happy at least I was able to work with production again. Mm. And that was really nice because I was able to build up a lot of skill. And during that time, since they're working with uh, big events, they will actually you know book out big halls and stuff like that. They will always have the sound, lighting, and stage. Mm. And so from there is, I was like, wait a minute. Well, in our the studio that you know I was with. Uh, they actually do those big, you know, concert events and, you know, they do corporate stuff too. So I introduced them to that studio. And so from there I became a contractor. Mm -hmm. And so from there it was like my big break. Nice. Yeah, yeah nice. Back nice nice to get away from the cult, right? Yeah, so I, I became the middleman. And my job is to also represent the interests of the client. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. It's also to be able to work out what we can do, what we can do, because there's also also different clients have budget limitations. Yeah. How much they could, you know, afford on an event. So my job was also to troubleshoot and to work out these uh, many factors to make sure that all of the events or concert with what they're doing will go smooth. Also to manage the expectations of, you know, how far do we go? Mm. How, how big of a stage are we going to build? How gaudy is it going to be? You know, how much video do we need? Okay. And that, that was my biggest break. And from there, I think um, I, was, I just got really passionate about I want to build stages. Mm-hmm. I really like sound. I really like, you know, working behind the scenes. I like building that concept of the dream, you know, because this is what the customers are also coming to see. Mm-hmm. So you, you, without all of this, the artist is just the artist. Mm-hmm. And they're in the park singing to themselves. Exactly. Okay, okay. So, so, so real, real quick, like, you went from being wanting to be on stage, being big and famous, and all of a sudden you got into building the stage. And like, even though, even if you're an unsung hero, hero, you know what, you're kind of like, you know what, I'm kind of fucking happy with this, because I'm an integral part of this, even if I don't get a ton of credit for being on stage and like, you know, making the crowd go wild, I matter, right? Exactly, because, because, because you, you are know, important. Yeah. You are it's hugely important, important yeah. as the artist. Yeah. The artist needs people like you, the mm. people who will, you know, build the right stage to be able to present to the audience. Hmm. And, you know, there's sound factors, there's lighting, there's stage, do we use, you know, flame, do we use pyrotechnics, you know, there's oh, all do, these do, different do, things. Do you do any of that? I do pyrotechnics. Oh, also. sweet. I'm, I want to hear stories about this. Pyrotechnics. Sorry, sorry, go on. We'll get into the like, nitty gritty later, but like, yeah, I want, I want to hear stories about that. Wait, we're going to forget. All right. Did you do Metallica? No, I didn't do Metallica. That was Tate Towers. Okay, because I was wondering if you you were the guy that burnt like fucking Lars's. Oh yeah. <laughs> Wait, did you do Michael Jackson? <clears throat> no, we didn't uh, do those ones. But we Remember all, when he caught we on fire. Like, um, oh no, I didn't that. Yeah, Pepsi commercial. But I know was the it? companies that do. I know, I know, I know the uh, was it AV companies that uh, do for those shows. Uh huh. And like the best one in uh, I think it's in America is called Tate Towers. Is they became one of my biggest muses because uh, they also be I also studied a lot from them. Uh-huh. Tate Towers. So I wanted to be the best. I wanted to really bring an impact. But the problem with Tate Towers is not really a problem. It's just that Tate Towers only take on multi-million dollar contracting. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to use their concept and do it smartly to see how can I bring this to the mid-market? Mm-hmm. How can I bring this to other artists I want to support? You know, make a good stage. Mm-hmm. Because I was so bored of, you know, making standardized stages for festivals. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, just the so package plan. Yeah. They're boring, right? Yeah. Square, you know, square and you got this, you square know. Square dancing? Yeehaw? No, not square, mm-hmm. dude. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, no, 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 you've no, got, like, the saying. Beastie Boys playing Cypress Hill. That sucks, right? I'm totally joking. But just your normal festival, like, in Japan, mm-hmm. the stages are all very much the same because the companies put out a package plan and say, here, oh, you get... Oh, J-pop. You're doing J-pop stuff. No, no, J-pop. Not, not J-pop stuff. If it's J-pop stuff, we'll think about something else. Uh-huh. But, like, just a normal festival. Uh-huh. Because normal like festival... No, not, not like Fuji Rock. Fuji Rock is still big. But last, last Fuji Rock was, well, the stage was all right. But mm. <laughs> it used to be, it, sometimes it was really cool. It was way better back in the day. Now it's not so very, now it's like a square, right? It's like a standardized stage. It's not too, it's you know. It's more like a rectangle, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because those are packaged plans. But then I wanted to take, 
you know, does listen to the client and see what kind of artists they are and try to present them as, you know, what is their brand? Mm -hmm. That for me was really, really important. I was passionate about doing that. Awesome, man. And, and yeah, and that that's why I started working with uh, like uh, uh, when we when we did the festival, like the DJ festival, and uh, out in the Boonie Land. Those what, metamorphosis. Um, not 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 that one. That one was in Mayuri. Uh, it was a recent one, quite a recent one from last year. Tom, this Which was one? Uh, it was called Paradise Island. Oh, I heard about it, but I didn't go to that one. Yeah, but it was wicked, the stage. Was it? It was wicked. <laughs> I'm sure if you were on it, then it was rocking. It was, it was crazy. So what, what makes a wicked stage? What makes a wicked stage? First off... Yeah, theater of the mind. Yeah. First off, usually there's... Okay, so if it's going to be that, uh, let's say, Paradise Island, right? Mm -hmm. That's DJ stage. Mm. Okay. So you built it, first that becomes your core. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is, it's the artist and the sound, that is the core you built off from. Mm -hmm. And then what type of stage are we gonna go for? Are we gonna go for tribal? Are we gonna go for corporate? Mm -hmm. Are we gonna go for you know more of a jazzy sort of like more upper class? Mm -hmm. Or is it in an expensive venue? Is it gonna be corporate? These are all things that my job is to think about and how do I present this stage to the people and the audience that are coming to see these shows and also of course sound and all these little factors come into place and I communicate with like okay how much lighting do we bring how much PA do we bring how tall of a stage do we bring according to how many people are coming these are the things that you know right now it's like my job. These are my business. Okay, so wait, how, how, okay, real, real quick, just to run down, how many factors are involved with like setting up the stage? How many, how many do you think, like off the top of the head, and what are the most important? That's like a lot, there's a lot of The factors. number one that's most important is actually, number one is safety. Mm. safety. Oh. Yeah, that's kind of important, because you know, you don't want to get sued, right? Well, because the bigger the stage you build, uh, the more things that you hang in the air, because when you're building a stage, you're building in a day or a couple of days or maybe in a week you're building a temporary structure and if those things are not in, if you don't have it, everything in place or people that know what they're doing you have people under you that their life is in your hands if a stage collapses somebody dies that is that is something really really big that's serious and stuff like that happens right mm -hmm. so that's why number one the bigger the stage goes we are stricter and stricter on ourselves is safety. It's not about, you know, how big is, you know, the contract fee, right? How, how expensive is it gonna get? Of course, that's business, but then number one is safety because, you know, people's lives, that, that really matters. Mm, okay. You know, people who have to work under the stage and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. we're, you know, these are people that like you're working grunts, with. Yeah. The families. The, these are people that, you know, that we care about. Yes, of course. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, what's number two? After number two, it's money, of course. Money. All right. Next question. Money. <laughs> I would hear from him. Well, as long as if you could do the job right and you do it proper, the money comes naturally. Okay. So I don't worry too much about like the financial side. Of course, there's budgeting and there's some chores that we we do. Is like, oh, we wish we could have done something a little bit more, but the budget wasn't enough to be able to budget that project. Of course, those things I'm always thinking about, and I'm like, okay, 
well, next shows uh, we'll be able to do, you know, X, Y, and Z more. However, other than that, I think with all the stress, with all of the stuff that I have to deal with, with all the legalities, at the end of the day, it's all rock and roll. So everything just kind of falls into place. Yes, it's all about rock and roll. I've spoken like a true veteran who's been doing this for like how long? For, for, for a long time. I think professionally for me, uh, at the age of 33, it's been uh, about four to five years. Okay. So, but you, maybe you found after a couple of years of doing this, like how do you say you hit your groove? Because you, you talk like, you're like, okay, yeah, we worry about the safety. And once that's out of the way, ah, oh, you know, the rest of the stuff just sorts itself out. It's like... I don't think anything in this industry just sorts itself you're just, out. You're you, just you, kind you, of implying you that, though. You're like, ah, oh, yeah, dude, it just fucking kind of sorts itself out. You know, once we got the safety standards... No? When you're in my position, uh, when you, especially when you work uh, in the audiovisual sector... Uh-huh is that you cannot really, you know, of course you could have chiefs and you, you know, you rely upon, but one of the most important thing is communication. Mm. And so everybody knows what, you know, what they're doing. Everybody's taking proper communication. Mm -hmm. And these are probably one of the most important factors. Mm. And no matter how much stress, or maybe we might argue with somebody from time to time, but with all of this stuff going on, it's like, at the end of the day, we're here to do a show. And so we have this saying is, we grab, your job is to grab the event by the throat and shove it into the venue. <laughs> That's how you get a show going. That's how you get a show going. That's definitely rock and roll. That is punk rock. What, what like, who, can you say names or, or names of bands or performers who have been the most difficult to work with? Is that possible or is that unprofessional? Yeah, you, you kind of alluded to some stuff earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, all right. what genre of music? I'm sure I can guess that one. Well, I wouldn't say difficult to work with, but I would say it's probably the, the, the more difficult side. It's not really about the artists in general, because in general there's also, of course, do you get along with the artists or not? But it's not really about do you can you get along with the artist or this is your job. It's I think there's a lot of di other difficult stuff that you could say who has been difficult to work with. Mm -hmm. But it, it's it's probably a more complex uh, topic if I think about above my head. What I think now probably more difficult things to work with was probably was just how do we handle staff. How many staff usually works on a project? I'm, I'm sure it varies, but in general. In general, probably for a standardized show of like 5K. 5,000 people? Yeah, 5,000 people. Let's just say, you know, something Fuck, 5,000. It's kind of a lot of people to be in charge with. Like, I, I take it you're probably not on a first name basis with, with everybody. <laughs> well, for 5,000 people event, usually we'll have, of course, the head chiefs, his lighting and sound, video, stage, and then, of course, there's the uh, the extra staff. Uh -huh. So there'll always be different heads according to the capacity. It always changes. But we always work with, like, the same uh, chiefs and stuff. So these are people that we've been working together for, you know, many, many years. And ever since I was 19, these are the same people at the stage that I've been working together with. These are, like, the exactly same people. 
Okay, well, okay, so for a 5,000, say, uh, you just said like a 5,000 person event, like, how many, like, what's your staff like? Like, how many people does it take to, like, you know, you built the stuff, you, you built the stuff and everything fine. How many, people, how many people does it, like, technicians and whatnot does it take to run that? Well, in general, it usually, uh, according to how fast we have to build the stage, mm -hmm. if it's, if I think about it right now, how many, all the way from top chiefs all the way to, like, the lowest, uh, just the standard help people, probably be about 50. Okay. So the ratio is, is about that much, but then there are some events that we'll just pull with 10 people. Really? So we'll do a thousand people, just ten people. Okay, so it's okay, so it's the same ratio. It seems like because the chiefs are important, you always have to have your chiefs. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah, but wow, just wow. Yeah, this is kind of out of my wheelhouse because like I, I've, I've DJed before, but like I've never like I've never had I've had fuck all to do with like the stage, the productions, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> I just want to go up on stage and fucking you know you know grab the fucking event. And rock <laughs> rock the venue you know I just want to be on stage but like yeah some of the other stuff like don't get me wrong I got, I've been in the back rooms and I've seen like you know I've seen some of this stuff that I actually talked to a professional like what it's all about yeah dude we show up we do this we build the stage and bloody 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 blah it's like ooh, ooh, ooh. I never appreciated your hard work before yeah well just get around to talking with people who organize ultra yeah when you when you know when you think about ultra yeah. Then you think about how many people are all involved. That's a lot of people. It's a shitload of people, man. Yeah, because you, you'll have all the teams, but then you'll also have the the people that also come out. You know, it's not just counting. You know, the dancers or the artists, mm. but then you'll also have you know the lasers. You know, you have the people who do this lighting, yeah. people who set up stage, and then you'll have all the other contracting yeah. companies. Yeah. You know, that are working, and that's a lot of people. Yeah. Plus the staff, plus like you know the bartenders, they gotta keep everybody happy. Plus security, plus blah blah yeah. yeah. yeah they're, they're messes, man. Like I've, I've done, I've done a few events, nowhere near that, obviously. But yeah, you, you get, it can be exhausting. I get it, I get it. Yeah, but, some uh, someday I'll hopefully I'll be able to. Uh, I would love to work with the uh, Ultra team. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because so I the I, dream you want to aspire to. I don't know, yeah, man, you, it's like uh, inter the interesting thing part was um. This was Ultra, I think it was Ultra 2016 in Japan, and mm -hmm. they were doing it at Odaiba. Mm -hmm. Odaiba. And so this was near uh, Zep Diversity, like right next to Zep Diversity, because uh, in Odaiba is all of like the venues. Mm -hmm. But then when they do Ultra, is that they use uh, the outside area space, yeah. and they have to close it all off. Yeah. And during that time, the people, the there's this, like this girl, and... Now I'm in. <laughs> now, now we're in. Now we're in. Now we're in. That's like this girl I know. Whoa. Whoa. Johnny, you going to be all right there? You're <laughs> cut off. I'm not driving tonight. <laughs> and she's like this like short, cutest girl. Um, you know Gyaru. Yeah, we know what a Gyaru is. <laughs> you know what a Gyaru is. We know what a Gyaru is. Know Gyaru. She yes. has that kind of an image. You know, she's really cute. She's really, really petite. She loves... Uh, she loves the DJ scene, but the funny thing, the interesting thing part is that she runs her own business, like her own personal business, 
and she's uh, her passion was lasers. Oh, really? So she's a laser. She she presents herself as a laser artist. Mm-hmm. So she, that is so hot. Yeah. So she it is pretty sexy. Does she do laser shows on you know herself? Possibly in the bedroom. Oh. Mm. You gotta ask her that question. <laughs> but no. Kevin's like Kevin's being all professional, being like, dude, somebody I work with. Don't get me in trouble. But the interesting thing was, um, we I had to do a, a show at Zep Diversity, and then during the exactly same day was also Ultra. Mm-hmm. So the events were, I guess you could say, overlapping. Uh-huh. But at least they were different genre. This was a K-pop event that uh, I was doing at uh, Zep, and then outside was Ultra. You know, and there's like you know like sixty thousand to ninety thousand people coming in, right? Mm-hmm. It's a lot of people. It was just kind of a big deal. And and so I like call her up and um, and we needed uh, laser equipment. So she's like, okay, cool. We brought yours. You know, she's like, okay, fine. So she she uh, she, she. But this was like beforehand. She sent all of the all of her, like the laser equipment as much as we needed to do the show, and she just sort of like lent it to us. So she rented it to us because she she started her own business and she's all lasers. You know, she works club events. She works for other big name artists in Japan. That she, is so. She works awesome. for Perfume. Yeah, she's Who's Perfume. Perfume. Perfume's laser artist. They're huge. Really? Yeah, Perfume is yeah, for the Amuse, right? Yeah, Amuse, yeah, no, yeah. No, no, Amuse yeah, Entertainment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so that's kind of a big deal. So she was a Perfume's laser artist, and so she owns her own business. She she has her own laser equipment, and she was lending us, you know, for our show is lasers for our own K-pop event. And then outside was Ultra. And she was also booked to be the laser artist for Ultra. Damn, she'd be making bank. Yeah, so she's she's, she's well off. Yeah, yeah obviously. So, she can dress and look as whatever, however the fuck she wants, right? Yeah, this, this is the interesting thing part. When she takes club gigs, like let's say if she's going to do Ageha or something, right? Mm-hmm. She has, you know, she has her computer. She has her own operating system. She has her laser equipment. The, she goes in and then she sets up the equipment in normal clothes and then when it comes the time to put on the show all of a sudden she goes off to like her hotel room she changes like this bunny costume because it's a club event right <laughs> and so she's operating as a, you know like a bunny girl it's like Batman during the day she's Bruce Wayne and then at night she's Batman I think this exactly. is super dope I think she needs her own comic book yeah totally yeah. fighting crime with lasers yeah she has all magazines you know fucking tell me there isn't a fucking like how do you say like a comic book in this somewhere, like a comic book of a badass superhero and who's controlling all their lasers remotely. In a Tom, fucking but the question costume. is, who's the villain? Who's the villain? Country music. Country music. Inca. Uh, Inca. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. She's a freedom fighter. It's, it's got to be it. She's like, you know, she's got to stick it to the man. Oh, I, know, I know this fucking nerdy salary man, those Coke bottle glasses with the bad comb overs. Sometimes those guys like trance, though. I've never seen them, huh? You never know who likes trance, Tom. Yeah. Yeah, but... Um, I actually, I do because I used to go to a lot of those parties. I never did. Yeah. Well, I went to a couple. Oh, trust me, you won't see those types there. But anyway, continue. Yeah, sorry, Kev. Sorry, dude, we're fucked up. We're, we've been drinking for a while, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's a we, We've been drinking some for your birthday. Drinks, yeah. yeah. Dude, I, I was the one that fucking showed up late because I had to fucking go home and do shit and run back here and blah, blah, blah. I was here. I was setting up. I was doing the pre-interview. 
As long as if you have Burger King, everything is okay. Yeah, we have Burger King, so that, that makes that, that, that does that does appreciably improve things. I'm not gonna lie. Tom, and thank you very much for that. And cheers, brother. Cheers. Oof, give me a fist. All right, Kevin, back to you. Yeah, Kevin. So, story yeah, so give it up epic. for Kevin. Yeah, I know. This is called Kevin's birthday special. <laughs> yeah, but it was it was awesome. It was awesome. She she's she has a great like way how she presents her mm. artistry. And so it was, it was a lot, a lot of fun working with her. She's so unique because most of the time when you think about, you know, people who are doing sound and lighting, you know, they, they'll dress like this, right, at the mm-hmm. venue. Mm-hmm. They'll go to work like this. But according to the occasion, especially since she came from the club environment and she built her own business mm-hmm. as a, a laser artist, uh, to... She, she, when it comes to her club events, she she really liked that, like EDM and stuff like that. Mm. So, we gotta get her on the show. Mm-hmm. She'd be interesting. She, she speak English? Uh, maybe a little bit. Okay. Eh. Yeah. But yeah, she, you know, all of the top people that she got to work with, and and it was it was pretty. It was, she she's a fun girl because she'll be able to do her job properly, like setting it up, making sure everything run, runs smoothly as a professional. Mm-hmm. But. When it comes to, like, the club events, all of a sudden, er- everything is, like, set up properly. She'll be, op- like, as an operator, mm-hmm. she'll be operating, you know, in this really, like, cute little bunny, you know, outfit. And it- it's just so funny just watching her. Oh, I'm telling so you, man, there's a fucking superhero comic in this. That's pretty awesome. It is pretty dope. So you work with some real characters. She seems very unique. Yeah. Do you work with some other, like, really unique or just kind of, like... Cause sometimes some people are really strange. Well, yes, in general, because I think is uh, when it comes to the music business, uh-huh. is driven by emotion. Mm. Wow. So They're all bitchy artists, right? So you'll you'll get you know a lot of the emotion. <laughs> That's people. money. That's money. Well, I'm strange That's myself in my own way. Dude, come on, we're, come on, we're, we're both not that strange. Tom is way weirder than you dude, are. Come dude. on, we're both. I've seen his lingerie collection. It is fucking weird, fluffy shit, dude. What? <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. What, what do you do? Like secretly, like. You know, wear high heels. Oh, God, no. Or wear no, like, no, don't just say Do you know how thong? tall he is? If he wore dude. high heels, dude, you couldn't fit in his house. No, no, Taylor, who was up here earlier, was trying to convince me to, to, to dress in drag, and I'm like, dude, I'm fucking, like, I'm, you know, I'm 6'3, I'm fucking big dude. He's got like, the shoulders for yeah, it. Yeah, but dude, I got the fucking, you know, really prominent chin, like, you know, strong forehead, but strong jaw, and all that. Just, I was like, dude, I'd be a seriously hideously ugly woman. I'm not, I wouldn't be fooling anybody. But does he look good in drag, though? I don't know how to judge. <laughs> Or would he really look really obvious, you know, like, uh... No, 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 Taylor was trying to convince me, like, I, I guess he looks alright. Tom would look pretty goddamn obvious. When he's like that dude, he's like Jesus. Al Bundy. Exactly. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it'd, it'd be a shit show, but anyway, no, but what I was saying earlier, this is we're all weird, weirdo fucking artists. Me, me, you know, Johnny, me with my DJ and my, my music shit, and like Johnny with his painting and all this bullshit. All my We're all kind of fucking... And, and our alcoholism. Hey, dude, I fucking share that with you. Uh, yeah, totally. By yeah, the so way... one know, thing we can agree on. You gotta catch up, motherfucker. I've been drinking, I'm fucking drink, drinking the POW, which you, which you guys didn't like. Oh, yeah, well, we didn't like that. Oh, well, you didn't like that. So I drank it. I'd take one for the team. You did? You I did. did. Hey, listen, what am I doing? Hats off to you. Mm. All right, but yeah, sorry, sorry to derail this, but yeah, Kevin, back to you. So, yeah, so, okay. so some interesting Besides, characters. Yeah. I bet uh, you any more interesting characters you want to tell us about? I bet you've seen some shit. Oh yeah, I, I I've seen. Right now is uh, I work with a lot of the uh, 
K-pop scene. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, K-pop scene. Mainstream in there, maybe. There's a lot of drama. Oh, tell us more. There's a lot of stuff. Okay, you don't have to name names. But, like, we'd really like to hear this shit because I bet it's interesting. Yeah, definitely. Tom, we're going to be quiet. We're going to let him rock it. Well in, well, in every single, like, you know, avenue when it comes to uh, the different genres of the music, I, there's always there's always problems, there's always drama. Uh, it's tiring, but you still keep plugging forward. You know, you just really... I just really love doing what I'm doing. And that keeps me, you know, going uh, in what I do. Hmm. But when it comes to like the the K-pop scene, I think one of the bigger weaknesses is, or at least what I'm dealing with now, is probably like you know you. The thing is, uh, when it comes to K-pop equals uh, idol, and when you have idols, you have these uh, you know perfect girls, you have perfect looking guys. You'll have, you know, they're all pretty boys, pretty girls, right? Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the times I think right now is probably is what I always have to deal with is like, you know, when we when there's the staff that work with the artists is usually, especially for the girls, is that they'll they get attracted to work in that environment is because they like guys. Wait, is it because the girls are ugly, but then they get plastic surgery, so then they're beautiful, and then they have the chance with the pretty-looking guys that had surgery, which makes them attracted to the pretty-looking girls? Well, there's those factors, too. Yeah, because that's what I heard. But they're not From necessarily Tom. ugly. No, I'm talking <laughs> <you. laughs> But it's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want, I want to hear more of this. Go they're go not go. necessarily I'm sorry, ugly. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. But what I, what I do know, or at least what I've recently, like, you know, had to deal with mm-hmm. was because... Um, because like there's there's that one rule that you just cannot cross you just cannot cross is you cannot get staff involved with the artists oh i thought it was going to be pregnancy okay mm-hmm. well still still like if it's pregnancy it's the worst define it's the worst define involvement though Let's just say... Let's just say, come on, details, details, details are good. Intimately involved. Ah, there you go. They'd be shagging them? Okay, for example, Sweet. no I, names. I, I, I want to know details, man. For, for example, let's say company A, person one, and person two. Okay, uh, so, well, so I do know... Give them a nickname so it's like, you know, not them. You know, Don't name them, but... Tom. Everybody's named as Tom, so Tom one and Tom two. <laughs> you, you can name one of them Johnny. Johnny's one of the pretty bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a pretty bitch. Why was it so faded? I'll put you in the fucking... The, then the staff, neck. which is the big strong man, which is obviously the Tom in the story. Yeah, he's had too much to drink. All right, just go for it. Well, usually the system is is that there is a company that will bring an artist overseas. And that company will have their own staff. They're responsible for you know selling the artist in Japan, right? Mm-hmm. Marketing and stuff. And then on the other half of the aisle, you'll have what we would call the technical staff, right? Mm-hmm. Which is my side. Mm-hmm. And right now is I'm in the process of actually developing the other side because uh, I actually want to work more with the artists because artists, they love me. Mm-hmm. I think everybody loves you. Everybody I've ever met loves Kevin. Dude, everybody lo- Dude, I've never heard anybody say, Kevin, that guy, um... He's just, he's just too nice. I, I don't know about him, man. He, he smiles and I mean, he, he helps people. That son of a bitch. He's got two hands and he uses them. Yeah, dude, maybe everybody loves you. Maybe dude. he's also not shagging some of the artists. So that might be a factor. Maybe he's more professional. Yeah, well, I, there's that <laughs> there's one. That. I, will, I will not cross that rule. 
That's hey, a no-no. Hey, man, we get, we get it, we understand, but we also understand there's some temptation, but it's cool, man. You stuck to your guns, you're professional about it. That's why, like, you're obviously being successful in your business venture. We respect that. No disrespect. <laughs> yeah, that's one rule that we just don't cross. Okay, that's that, right. that's that's fine. Sounds like a smart business decision, but we don't, we don't know about some of the details of people that fucked up and, you know, got caused some drama and shit. Come on, come on. Oh, man, man companies have collapsed because of this stuff. Tell us more. <laughs> oh, EMI. Well, it was like, there's these other, or like, usually they'll have the groups that will bring the artists, and they're responsible for, like, selling the artists or managing the artists, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so they will, they will have to work with the team over there that, ha that are labeled. But then when it comes to, like, B-lists, is that... Is that usually like if it's girl staff, especially got to be very very careful because how did they get recruited? Ah, uh, maybe by possibly some of them granting sexual favors. Well, most of the time, how they get recruited is that they'll get recruited into like maybe a company or organization. Mm -hmm. Is because they 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 like you know handsome guys, right? Uh. And they like K-pop artists, and so. They'll get recruited into there, but if the other label does not have like a watch person that is always sticking with the artist, then what will happen is I I know so many stories of like girls they will go like on SNS you know like on maybe uh -oh. Twitter or maybe like Instagram or maybe like Facebook and then they'll like get connected with the artists. Yeah. They'll they'll, con they'll they'll try to contact them directly. And they'll be like, hey, you know, you want to hook up and blah, blah, blah. And the artists get tempted, you know, for that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. so, so it obviously happens. Yeah, and bands, bands collapsed because of that. And companies collapsed because, you know, the, the, the customers know. They could, because the customers for K-pop... They they they're 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 freaky, you know. The, they're, they're kind they're of like they're kind of a little bit jealous you know? bunch, right? They're, because if you get guy groups, ninety nine percent are female. Mm -hmm. And if you get you know girl like girl artists, then you'll get the males, right? Mm. That's about right. Yeah, sounds sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it, it's pretty basic yeah. math. Yeah. But I work with a lot of the male artists, so the customer base is ninety nine point five or nine percent are all female and female for women they all talk to each other you know they're talking to each other they're like you know standing outside trying to take pictures and stuff like that stalkers so, that, so sounds, that, that really sounds stalkery yeah yeah they yeah exactly this is how they react and so they're also looking really hard at the staff too they're looking they they see this kind of stuff and they'll be like, oh, by the way, why is that staff following him to the airport? Or, oh, you know, they'll, they'll be watching on stuff and like taking pictures. Jesus Christ, they are stalkers. Yeah, that is fucking stalkers. This is K-pop for you. Wow. The drama. Wait, is it is it the same as J-pop or is J-pop different? K-pop seems pretty intense. Well, J-pop has its own share. Hmm. Yeah. However, right now we're just talking about K-pop. Okay, let's yeah, do K-pop. Do, do you think like some of these guys originally just went into the K-pop, like, you know, got Sayon, he's like, you know what? I'm a pretty boy. I just want to get laid. Uh, I'm not too sure. You're not too sure. You don't think so? Yeah, but but I know a lot a lot of different stories. I work with so many of these different artists. Okay. So and so. So, I think one of the one of these biggest factors, like you know, I just keep seeing is like, it's like you know, companies have collapsed because you know the companies did not manage. Just did not manage their staff. They just let them, you know, do whatever they want. And that this for me is when I'm coming into this industry. I'm also, 
looking how does the customer feel because you know mm. the cut cu- without the customers you don't have any business yeah, obviously okay. right yeah 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 i'm following and so for me when i was I, i'm extremely adamant about looking at like you know who do if i hire somebody what how do i hire them you know or I'm always, you know, checking out. It's like being a bit more cautious about who do I hire. Yeah. Yeah, your screening process must be, like, rough. Like, does well, she look like a stalker? Hmm. Because if you hire some girl, like, especially if they're at the same age or maybe young, maybe let's say mid, mid-20s, mid right? Yeah. If you get something that's mid-20s, that, you know, and then I'm also looking how do they dress around, you know, the artist. Uh-huh. And if they're always dressing up, you know, with really heavy makeup and stuff like that, then I'm kind of like, you know, okay, this person also has arterial motives. Arterial motives, okay. Yeah, and yeah. Because I, uh, it's it's not necessarily females that are bad. Yeah. As I I also work with other females that work for a long time with an artist, and most of the time they will uh, like if it's like the older than the artist or more like a mother figure mm-hmm. then that's good okay because they will be a good watchdog they'll also have a very you know sharp eye they're also very serious about you know uh making sure the artist stays on the straight and narrow mm-hmm. but you know when you get younger girls and stuff like that they're really weak to you know these handsome young guys and stuff like that you know, can you really blame them, them. <laughs> no. I mean, dude, I mean, at that age, it's all fucking hormones anyway. I was young once myself, man. You're not fucking thinking right. You know, and sometimes that I'll just tell them it's like, you know, you know, if you really want to stay in this business, then, you know, you, you can't do that. You know, you just can't. It's still, you know, it's just yeah, but, that, but it's, yeah. diffi- it's difficult to say that to somebody who's into that kind of, like, you know, music and into that, those, those type of people, like... But how, how do I say, like, it's just, they're not thinking rationally because it's all fucking hormones. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's, so they're the risk versus reward. They're not they're not they're not thinking right. They have this. Uh, for one side is if you could use them properly, they will, you know, work long hours and stuff like that. They'll stay around and they'll do all sorts of stuff. You can tell them, can you help me out with the X, Y and Z? And they'll stay around. And, you know, they'll be like, oh, it's OK. You know, you don't have to pay me so much. I love what I do. But man, you just gotta make sure you go. Uh, for for me, I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know, it's not about the paycheck. It's not about that. It's what are what is your motive of being here? Are you here to work was, or are you here to try to you know make some sort of fantasy? Well, if they're, they're gonna get minimum wage, it can't be about the money. That's for damn. You know, sure. and I'll tell them it's like, although he's good looking, he doesn't have any money. The label's taking all the money. He doesn't get paid shit. But they're not. Th- they're not fucking thinking rationally. All those exactly. guys, all of them are young. Yeah. I mean, you're that young, and you've got like thousands of people that love you and stuff. I'm sure your whole idea, like perspective of uh, reality is completely warped. You know. Yeah, that's so true. So at that point, it, it's like everything's in the heat of the moment. You know, it's all like that. You know. So it's just like they're probably thinking, "Eye of the tiger." It's the eye of the tiger. <laughs> no, they they already bypassed that. They, they, they the bypass. Yeah, bypass. yeah he did the moments when they're auditioning. <laughs> well played. Yeah, you well know. Played. Yeah, or the karate kid. Yeah. You're the best <laughs> of them all. No one's ever gonna take you down. <laughs> Wait, you gotta, huh? Yeah, you need to take a break. Okay. You need to take a whiz? Yeah. All right, I gotta take a whiz too, man. So just, you know what, just pause it, man. All right, let's take a break. Faders, we're gonna take a break. Uh, Tom is gonna ha- introduce his Patreon. Mm. 
What's up, faders? Do you like our show? Of course you fucking do. That's why you're tuned in. But have you ever asked yourself if you could get more out of your got faded experience? Well, now here's your chance because we are proud to announce our very own Patreon page. But don't freak out. Our podcast was and always will be free, but with your generous donations, we hope to improve it. And since we're all about fan appreciation, we've got the sweet, sweet rewards for our donors. Rewards include, but not limited to, shout-outs, bonus content for interviews and news stories, chances to appear on our show, and even gift packages sent direct to your door. For more information, check out our Patreon page at Fade Hey, yo, what's up, Faders? Johnny here. You know I love booze and news, but I also love art. So come on down to thespiltink.com and check my art out. I've got tons of stuff there for you to check out. I've got paintings, I've got prints, I've got videos. And I tell you what, if you like a painting, I could probably sell it to you. And I tell you what, if I can't sell you that painting, I will definitely sell you a print. I've got prints of all my work. Prints are about 2,000 N each, about 20 bucks. But if you buy two, you get the third one for free. So come on down to thespiltink.com. Yo, and on top of that, I'm looking for commissioned work. So if there's something that you want me to do, I can make it for you. Just check out my stuff and see if you like my style. And if you like my style, I can definitely paint you anything on canvas, paper, whatever. I've done it all. So come on down to thespiltink.com. That is T-H-E-S-P-I-L-T-I-N-K.com. Thespiltink.com. Proper. Mitsuya Liquors. Yo, what's up, faders? If you're in Asia, if you're in Japan, if you're in Tokyo, if you're in Asagaya, you better get down to Mitsuya Liquors. That's right. For the most affordable prices in Japan, you can get over 300 different kinds of beer. That's right. Over 300 different kinds of beer. And of course, they got all the shochu you need, all the sake you need. And of course, they got wine from California to Italy to France to New Zealand. They got it all. When I say they got it all, they really, seriously, got it all. There's no joke about that. So get down to Mitsuya Liquors. And if you go in there and you say, got fit of Japan, you will be more than welcome to go into their back room and drink those beers that you just purchased. That's right. Got fit of Japan at Mitsuya Liquors. And three times a week, they have a sushi chef there. So get your sushi on, get your drink on, get your fade on, and come on down to Mitsuya Liquors, located comfortably in Asagaya, about five-minute walk from the station. Mitsuya Liquors. Yo, what's up, faders? Got Faded Japan has got a new sponsor. Our new sponsor is Gamuso Bar, located in Asagaya, Tokyo. If you're kicking it in Tokyo and you want to get your groove on, get your fade on, you better get your ass down to Gamuso. Gamuso is located in Asagaya. It's about 11 minutes from Shinjuku Station on the Chuo Line. Gamuso has weekly bands, weekly performances. And hell, if you got your own event and you want to hold it at Gamuso, we'd love to host you. So contact Gamuso at www.gamuso.com. That's www.gamuso.com. That's right. Gamuso has not only beers in the bottle, but beers on tap. We've got every drink you want, so come on down to Gamuso. Gamuso, and if I'm working, tip me. Yo, what's up, faders? I sincerely apologize. The second part of the show was not recorded. You know what? I'm going to blame... Everybody except for me. I'm pointing the finger at every person and not not every not just the people that was in that room. I'm pointing the finger at every person alive. Every person alive. 
because I, I don't want to take responsibility. <laughs> I took responsibility the last time, so I'm not taking responsibility this time. But yes, the second half of the show was not recorded. Um, it was only 20 minutes long. Um, it wasn't as good as the first part. And to be honest, we did record the Patreon extra bonus content. So if you're into Patreon, if you uh, signed up for that, you can definitely hear what the, the juicy side of K-pop. So check that out. And Faders, I... It wasn't me. <laughs> All right, get you next week. Peace. My little brother, a goddamn shit sucking vampire. Oh, you wait till mom finds out, buddy. I've got a government job to abuse and a lonely wife to fuck. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. How the pressure! I can't take it! I can't take it! I can't stand to it! <laughs> You sure excuse me? We're good! Freaky! We came, we saw, we kicked his ass! Your move, creep. Oh, man. I will never forgive your ass for this shit. This is some fucked up repugnant shit. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bold.